and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle! And the Leafs are moved again! Hello there. Happy day after the NHL trade deadline day. This is the Nesson Bruins podcast. I am your host, Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell. Uh, we are skating shorthanded, we could say today. I'm joined by Nesson.com's Mike Cole, and we're about 24 hours removed from the trade deadline, so that's going to be what we're going to chat about today. Yeah, um, we had to, uh, we needed to recoup some draft picks, so we sent <laughs> Scott Edwards <laughs> elsewhere. Um, conditional picks. Conditional picks, if yes. If we do well here, those will become higher picks, but yeah, we had to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. so. Another one bites the dust. It's like what they like to say. I think he'll be back next week. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's this time of year. There's a lot going on. It is. You know, there's a lot. We'll have to, I was actually thinking about checking in with him. I didn't. I should have done that. Um, we'll, we'll catch up with him next week and see what he has. Uh, and you know what? In a, in a lot of ways, he'll have the benefit of hindsight. Or he can he will. He can be, you know, see a week of this new team and say, great moves, poor moves. Right. In between. Yeah. Well, with the hot takes. Exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, so the Bruins got out ahead of the Monday deadline, kind of making their biggest move uh, before Monday. They traded for Hampus Lindholm from the Anaheim Ducks. They have history with the Ducks the last few seasons. Yeesh. They got rid of John Moore, which was a nice contract to get rid of, Urho, Urho Vakaninen, and three draft picks, two second rounds, and then a first round for this year. Um, that's a big haul, but at the end of the day, they ended up signing Lindholm to an eight-year extension with six and a half million cap hit. So it's nice that they didn't give up a haul for a rental, but also that is still a lot to give up for draft picks when you think they don't really have a significant draft pick for the next three seasons now. Yeah, that's that's less than ideal. Um, yeah, I. So it was a tricky one. I So I guess I was wrong. Wow, uh, if, that's, a, that's a first. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. We can We can play this out. I... I, this is not the world revolves around Mike. Uh, I'm just saying I, I I'm I'm wondering how we're going to characterize this because I said last week the one thing that so actually I wasn't wrong. I said the one thing that would surprise me is them going balls out for a rental, right? Which they they did initially, did, <laughs> but then three hours later it wasn't. So in that regard, I don't hate it. Um, I it's an interesting move. Um. Yeah, period. I sense <laughs> I it's it has potential. Short term, it would have made a lot more sense if they had gone out and done something else, which I I think they should have done. I think they probably tried to do, and they clearly did not do that. Lindholm coming in this year is not good offensively, in my opinion, to address that issue. I've been banging the defense's fine drum for the last month and a half. They are going to get even better now. Um, and this is a and signing him to the contract extension ensures that they continue to have a fairly decent core moving forward. And that's the thing, right? Is now you can pair him with Charlie McAvoy and have a legitimate top pairing uh, defense well, duo uh, for the foreseeable future. And that is not something that should be taken for granted in the NHL. Whether it helps them get any closer to a Stanley Cup this year, technically it will. 
because they didn't give up anything off of their roster of any significance. They've shored up the defense, and, and if you think they have problems offensively, which I am probably in that group, well, hey, if you go in every game 2-1, to one, your, your offense isn't as big of an issue. So it's, it technically is a short-term upgrade, but I think long-term it makes more sense. I think this is the kind of move that you you have to make when you're a team kind of retooling on the fly or seeing that rebuild coming down the pike. Um, and they, they, they did that. I just, like I said, I would have liked to have seen more reinforcements up front short term as well. And that didn't happen. I overall like the move I've been calling for defense, so I can't sit here and say, I don't like the move. Um, but same thing. I like that. They didn't give up Fabian Lysel, Mason Lori. That's a huge plus right there. But like you mentioned, they didn't really get any reinforcement on the forward lines, which is where they didn't get any. They didn't get any at all. There was nothing done to bolster the offense. And I know that Jake Allen played out of his mind on Monday night against the Canadians, but you had forty-two shots on net at some point. <laughs> like that game should have been like five to one easily, and it went into overtime against a very bad NHL team. But the the big storyline going into Monday was Jake DeBrus because his trade request became public and. About 10 a.m., I think it might have been 10, 10, 30 a.m., the Bruins announced that they signed him to a two-year contract extension. Um, many thought that that maybe made him more desirable because the RFA goes away, the qualifying offer goes away. He's got a little bit of term and a nice cap hit for a player who has shown flashes of what he can be. But at the end of the day, he's still with the Bruins. He said last night or Monday night that it was a hard day and a difficult day, but he's just happy to know what his future holds for the rest of the season. But I feel like the Bruins are banking on a lot with DeBrusque, that he's going to continue to be consistent from February and really help this team into the playoffs and make them, help them go on a deep run. That's a lot of pressure to put on a, on a person who requested a trade over the summer. They, yeah, it's not going to work. I mean, it's just. It's not sustainable. It's not. And it, it hasn't been. No. I mean, he scored. <laughs> six goals in eight games or whatever it was and hasn't done anything since then. Um, he is a streaky player and, and that's is what it is. I I don't I don't hate the fact that he's back though because you really I mean I know he wanted to trade and his agent came out again today, the day after the deadline, and told the athletic, you know, he's disappointed he didn't get moved, but he's committed to to this year and helping them win a cup and the agent, the player, and the team have all said the right thing, so that's encouraging. And I think he's going to be committed and be a good soldier. That hasn't, as far as I can tell, hasn't really been the problem with Jake DeBrusque. No. Uh, you know, maybe the 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 effort isn't always where you want it to be, especially when he's moved down the lineup. But he's a guy who does has in the past produced in the playoffs so he's he's got that to his name and and things like that and i think yesterday monday they kind of just say you know let's do this extension it's more palpable for teams it's gonna it's it is our best avenue to trading you we're gonna look around the league and if we see something like we like we're gonna we're gonna make it happen and we're gonna help you out here and if we don't you're extended through two years that's eight million dollars you're gonna get you know and we'll revisit this in the summer it's, and I go ahead. No, I was just say it's easy to say it's a win-win for for DeBrusque because he gets his money, right? But he's, he's, is he going to yeah. play where he wants to? Um, but I still think like he, his best path out of here is to play well down the stretch now. Yeah. And I know I said that a few weeks ago when this or 
a few months ago, however long it's been when this first came out. Uh, but yeah, my other point is like, so I think yesterday they looked around and said, you know, how can we upgrade our forward group? And I don't, they didn't find it. And whether they didn't want to give up enough to make it happen, you look at the price for, and you know, cop got a conditional first round from the Rangers going back to Winnipeg. Raquel got a second, uh, roster player and a prospect for the ducks and the deal with Pittsburgh. Um, the Bruins either weren't willing or weren't able to match those deals. And I don't completely blame them, especially having, after having done the, the Lindholm trade. And uh, so I think they go back to DeBrusque and just say, look, like we, we looked into finding ways to, to augment our roster here, especially up front. We didn't find them and you're better than anything else we can do. So we're going to keep you. And we're going to revisit this in the summer. We promise we'll do our best. But, like, there's nothing anywhere that says the Bruins have to trade the guy. Like, there's right. not – it's right. not in his contract. It's not in the, the bylaws of the league. It's He can request a trade, and they can tell him to pound, pound sand. Right. And I don't think they I, – I honestly believe that they they probably looked around and, and looked at different things. And my guess always was going to be he would have been part of a bigger deal as a throw-in and, you know, like the – and a Raquel trade or something like that. And then right. the ducks can extend him once he gets over there. And now you're out in Anaheim for the next five years, if you want to be whatever. Um, but I just, I, the, the, the arithmetic, the calculus just didn't add up. I, I would have to guess. And I feel like Don Sweeney was kind of hinting toward that for the few days leading up to the deadline. And anytime he spoke, it was, we're going to explore it. There was never any, yeah, we're definitely going to trade him, which there never really is, but it was just his tone and the way he would say things made me think that, okay, maybe Jake DeBrusque will not get moved at the deadline, but that's okay. I mean, it's like I said, you're still banking on a lot to, from a player who already wants out. And we're, I mean, we're not in the, on those behind the door conversations, but it's a good point where maybe they were like, just help us in the playoffs. We're going for the cup, but the teams around them, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, got significantly better at the trade deadline, and they they got their help on offense. I, I feel like Tampa Bay got better, which is kind of scary to think about, and we'll get our first look at the, the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday, the yep. new look Tampa Bay Lightning, and Lindholm should be in the, the lineup Thursday, so be a good test for everyone, but when you look around and see what the other teams did, especially in the Atlantic Division, it's almost like the Bruins, like, they, they upgraded on defense, which is great, but where they really needed the help, they stood pat. Oh, is, like, is Raquel or Cop or even Claude Giroux, if you want to get real weird, going to put them over Tampa and Florida in the first place? No. So. I don't think so. So, like, I do think it's fair or unfair or whatever to, you have to kind of look at what the Bruins did through the lens of, like, you know, you, you can't just make those moves in a vacuum and just feel like, well, we're going to be all right, you know, or we're going to have a better chance of, of winning the cup when, like, you have to also consider the fact that these teams are going to upgrade as well. And, you know, basically they've done a better job of, you know, having assets to move and or or they've done a better job of building a roster that doesn't have as many or doesn't have the same holes, right. maybe not as many. So, like, you know, does Tampa's decor is loaded, so they don't have to go out and make a Hampus Lindholm move. 
Um, so like, yeah, I think there's, I, I just wonder if they look around the league and they're like, well, you know, we're probably not, there's probably not a move out there that's going to put us over the top no matter what. Like we'll take our chances right. in, a, in a seven game series. And I still think they can win the Stanley cup. I, maybe that's just me being a Homer. That's being <laughs> way too bullish. Like they're not going to be favored to win a Stanley cup. They weren't in 2019. Right. They? And like, there's just, you know, I don't think, like I said, Lindholm doesn't put them over the top. Josh Brown certainly doesn't, even though it's. I think it's a good depth move. Um, I you know I just think they're gonna go try to like I said they're gonna try to win every game two to one, and you know see if they can ride a hot goaltender into May and June. And so like nothing that happened yesterday changes that, and that's just kind of where they're at now. I think in in my opinion, that's kind of what they are for for now. That being said, like big picture, like, like we mentioned earlier, they're in a better spot going into next year than they were yeah yes or at the beginning of the weekend so like that's a win it just doesn't i just don't know how much it does for you right now and again this is a team that we can sit here and debate whether they should be really really emphasizing on right now because it's going to get a lot more difficult next year the year after i think too that the bruins aren't a team that's one solid piece away from being a cup favorite or a cup contender they have good players they're playing well right now you have the the, the Craig Smith line just dominating every single game. But if you bring, if you brought somebody in like Claude Giroux, like, would you put him break up the second line? And then you got to move probably Eric Halla down. And then you're, but do you put him on the third line, break that line up? There's a lot of moving pieces that would go into to adding more depth. Um, I think it would be different if, if David Krejci were to come back, but he finally squashed that rumor. Yeah. He, finally, he finally came out Thank and God. said, I'm staying in check with my family. So the, I, I mean, I don't think the Bruins were banking on him coming back at all, but I think that they are confident going into the playoffs. I mean, we have a month-ish, month and a week left of the season, um, and the Bruins are have 39 wins. They're a good team. They've beaten good teams, and I think Thursday will be a really good test. One game doesn't tell you all you need to know, but if they come out and lose like 6-1 to to Tampa Bay, there's going to be problems in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, which you kind of have to be prepared for that scenario, too. I, right. That's the thing. That was the biggest takeaway for me, watching everything go down, and then you start putting back the pieces as you, you look at these rosters, and, like, I'm just scrolling through right now. That's, like, kind of spaced out, but, like, uh, Chicago going out, like, getting Brandon Hagel from, or uh, Tampa getting Brandon Hagel from Chicago, like, it has just like just you're adding to it already, you know. It's it is an arms race in the Eastern Conference. Like if they're in the Western Conference, if the Bruins are in the Western Conference, this would be a much different uh, conversation, I think. Because you look at like like people think like Minnesota is going for it now because you right, go and get flurry. flurry. Like and I think yeah, that does help address. They got flurry and they got Middleton. Uh, so I like what they did, but like I don't know. I mean, we saw the Bruins play them a couple weeks ago. Is you know very similarly matched teams like um it's been weird too i am i an idiot it it doesn't i mean i am but <laughs> no yeah the more i look at it they haven't played florida tampa or toronto in forever right it's been significant like west coast canadian teams yeah and they had that long west coast road trip yeah they haven't played one of their division rivals in other than in, like montreal and ottawa right but it has to be like a month 
at least. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I mean, they've – so that's the other thing too, right, is like I know that they looked really good on the, that, those, those road trips, and they get credit for that. I don't want to take that away from them. But they have pl- they've beaten up on a lot of bad teams recently too. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. I think that's starting to – it'll swing back the other way starting Thursday night when they play – or Wednesday night? What's today? Thursday. Thursday. This is one of those weird weeks. They play Monday, Monday Thursday, Thursday, Saturday. All right. Well, that's closer to normal. <laughs> uh, if you throw in the Wednesday one, then I get completely. Wednesday, right. Friday ones are completely throwing me off. Yep. So I think starting Thursday, it's going to start getting back toward, I think they've, I mean, just looking at the numbers, they've they've played those teams very infrequently right. uh, for the entire season. So I think you're pretty loaded up with those top three teams in the division the rest of the way. I could be wrong, but. Uh, so we're going to find out, I mean, is the measuring stick is, you know, coming out of storage to, right. to really start to figure out how you stack up against those teams. So you look at the Bruins too, and it's like, they've got 83 points in 63 games, which is impressive, but you're still, you're they're actually technically tied with Toronto, uh, with it's, which is also quick side note tangent. Um, the Bruins now have actually played more games in Florida, Tampa and Toronto which it feels like the Bruins have had five games in hand all season long. Right, like how did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Because they played two games to start the season. Yeah, there's just a lot of rodeos all across North America, (laughs) and these teams are. um, But my point is going to be, Bruins' goal differential this season is still plus 22. And, like, I don't know, is there a huge difference between that and, like, Tampa Bay's plus 31? I would say so. I think that's a pretty – I mean, Florida's plus 74. And even Washington's plus 34. So, like, those sorts of things kind of stand out. I I just think – Credits to the Bruins for for solidifying themselves as a playoff team recently. We're just it's it's about to be go time here. We're gonna really start to learn a lot about them. Yeah, and and unless I scrolled too fast, which could be the case, yeah. they last played the Lightning on January eighth. So that was they won five to two. You got two goals from Marchand. You got two goals from Pasternak. That was in Florida too, right? Yes. Yeah. That was on the road. I remember that. Um. So. I guess that bodes well for the Bruins, but also it's been two and a half months since you last saw these guys, and they're different look te- different looking team. So are the Bruins to an extent. Um, I'm I'd assume Jeremy Swayman's going to go in net with the longer layoff here and riding a hot goalie. He's nine one and zero in his last ten. So I'd assume that that would be the way to go, the the smart move to go. But I just I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock into one game. However, I'm not. If the Bruins get blown out, I, I'm going to have a little worry there. I've, I haven't been worried all season, and maybe that's because they haven't played these teams a lot. But they have played well against Colorado, who's the best team in the league, who's been the best team in the league all year. Um, I don't know. I just... Plus, yeah, that's the ironic thing. is They've played pretty well against the best teams in the league, except for Carolina. Right. I mean, Carolina's worn them out. But, like, you know, they took the Rangers to a shootout. Um, it also feels like they haven't played Florida in forever. Uh, but you mentioned yeah. the Tampa thing, and like they on that West Coast trip, they played well against Minnesota. You know, they they've beaten Colorado, as you know, mentioned, spanked the Kings. So like, there are a lot of good wins there. Vegas, they beat Vegas. Yes. So like, I yeah, I I don't know. I it's hard to say because they're just it's it's not like they have anything to really play for until the playoffs roll around now because like they're going to the playoffs right um and you know like i said i don't think there's a seven game series that they can't win i just don't think there's going to be a seven game series they're favored in right and you certainly don't want seven game series to start 
the playoffs or to you know go early because then you're just they're going to be way more tired and every yeah. team's tired at the playoffs. That's not an excuse, but do you want to go into a seven game well, series against I don't the, the cap? No, it won't be the Capitals. So they're Whoever. playing Carolina <laughs> if the playoffs started today. Yeah. So like you're, it's a buzzsaw no matter what. I mean, I if they if they really want to make hay, like catching Toronto would go a long way, I think, in helping them. Because if you catch Toronto. Okay, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, I guess. But if you catch Toronto, maybe play Tampa in the first round. You've matched up better this year, at least in very limited sample sizes against right. Tampa. And then if you can break through, you get Florida as opposed to Carolina. I, I just think, like, I would not pick them against Carolina <laughs> at all. No, I made uh, that mistake last year or the I, year before. I just It's just a bad matchup. Um, everything else is at least somewhat doable. But, yeah, I I don't know. It's... It's hard to say what they're going to look We also don't know for sure what they're going to look like. Um, although we did, Monday gave us some clarity. Like, there's not going to be, the lines aren't going to change a ton no. unless there's some sort of off the street free agent that we're not thinking about, like a least Stemniak right. type, <laughs> type of deal. I don't think that's out there. And if it is, you're, you've got bigger problems if you're bringing in somebody like that yeah. to, to augment your top. That probably um, means. Bruce Bergeron's infection is yeah, much more right, serious. Yeah, right, exactly, like, or something like some... that happens. So, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I the offensive depth, the more I think about it, just feels like a, like they'll probably be okay. Like they can, the the margin for error is gone in that regard. Right. Whether it's injury or ineffectiveness, is you just don't have the depth. Yeah, there. which is kind of disappointing because for so long we talked about their depth and they had so much depth, and now it's just. It hasn't worked out, or it's just they don't have room for for the guys to come up and play. Jack Stadnik has been playing on the first line in Bergeron's absence. That's obviously not going to stick. But at the same time, it's we say this all the time: where does he fit in this lineup? Because are you going to bring him on for a playoff game if there's some injury or yeah. illness, and then he's playing on the fourth line? It's just I, I, I mean, don't know. I even saw people like Mark McLaughlin like getting right. It's like. What this kid was just playing BC like right. two weeks ago or whatever, right? and now you're gonna throw him into the. I mean, this is not Charlie McAvoy stepping in against Ottawa in seventeen or whatever that was. So yep. like, yeah, it kind of speaks to <laughs> where they are right now. But and Fabian Lysel, Don Sweeney yeah. didn't close the door on him potentially playing in Boston. Their season ends April sixteenth. Boston's ends April twenty ninth. It's probably fair to say the Vancouver Giants will be in the playoffs, but. He, I mean, he, he said, Sweeney said that Lysel's skill set is that of a pro already. And that's a, a lot to put on a 19 year old kid. But I mean, I don't know if I want Lysel's debut to be in a do or die playoff game and all eyes are on him. Like, here, kids, save our team, save our season. It made sense. Like, McAvoy, it made sense because I thought he was more pro already. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know a ton about Lysel. I, 5'10, 172 is not necessarily. NHL playoff ready size, um, right? But his his twenty goals, thirty one assists, like it's the stats are nice. But yeah, the, he's, <laughs> he's doing a great job in the WHL, right? But like, that's the WHL. Like it's maybe just send him to Providence, get him those reps, and I don't know. I just I really I'm high on him, and I don't want anything getting deterred or even ruined if they throw him into a playoff game. Like I worried about that with Jeremy Swayman too. I mean, maybe they're just good at reading those kinds of guys like McAvoy, but. These are like very much break glass in case of emergency yes. types of moves. 
And if that gets to that point, you're kind of – it's like the inverse of last year, right, where it's just you didn't – well, no, maybe it's similar to what's last year where it's right. the forwards got bullied bullied by the Islanders, and, you know, if you play Tampa, you're going to have similar issues. So, yeah, big test on Thursday night. Yep, big in test. That regard. Well, we'll start to have a, a better idea, I think. I don't think we're talking out of our asses in that regard. So. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see Thursday. Who's the biggest loser of the deadline? Uh – that's a good question. I wrote winners and losers yesterday. I already forget. Um, I you could make a case for Toronto, I guess, uh, depending on what you feel about their goaltending situation. I look at a team like Philly, which is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, right. and say, I don't know if they maximize the return for Claude Giroux. Uh, and I, you know, you look at like the wrist line and extension that they did yeah. and lead up to the. <laughs> The deadline, you know, trading Justin Braun, they did okay with. Like, it's just there's no real direction for them, it doesn't feel like, right now. So I don't think they did it. Like, they, I look at what Montreal did on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. I thought the Canadians had a good deadline. Like, yeah, the, the flyer did. should have probably been more in that regard, and, and they weren't. Uh, Edmonton, you could look at yeah. and say they could have used a goalie as well. Um, but, yeah, if I – biggest loser, uh, I guess. Arizona's up there too. I yeah, they they held on to Chikrin. Yeah, which makes sense, I suppose. It's just like, well, why didn't you trade Kessel? I know there was some right. concern about his contract going out to other spots. So I didn't answer your question in a very effective way. I just because I think there's a handful of candidates. What would you say? Uh, the Oilers. They need a goalie. They have, they have McDavid. They have Drysaitel. You have some of the best players in the world on your team, and you need a goalie. Flurry was out there, and. I just feel like they, they could have gotten something, whether it was Flurry or someone else. You need a goalie, and it's they could miss the playoffs, which would be incredibly disappointing. They they should be a good team, but goaltending wins you games, and they don't have that. So I was disappointed to see that they didn't really do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not this – like, it's Easter. They're the Western Conference Oilers in that – or the Western Conference Maple Leafs in that regard. Right. It's like – a lot of you know, a lot of Canadian media hype around those teams, mm-hmm. and it's hard to see either of them going on a deep run. Austin Matthews could win a or could score sixty goals and yeah. get bounced in oh, the playoffs. Oh, uh, another big loser, uh, maybe the biggest, the Islanders. Yeah. Again, I I've kind of like I in my story yesterday, I zeroed in really on teams that aren't going anywhere who didn't do much. It's like they, I don't really understand what they were doing where they had some pieces that could moved a handful of UFAs and maybe like somebody like Chara said he wanted to stay put and that's fine. And I don't even know what you get from him either, but like their only moves yesterday were reset or extending Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise, right. which would be a great, you know, nice little day five years ago, but they're like what 34 and 37, the two yeah. of them. So and they didn't get any assets moving forward. And like, that's the thing too, is a team like that is, you know, talk about like rebuilding on the fly. Like they're going to come back next year without having to start the season with, 15 games on the road like they did this year right and they'll be better positioned to contend again so like why not go out there and try to find smaller things to kind of help you with an eye toward september october like right you know let's get you know those things on the margins here and really maximize our assets now and they, i don't think they did a very good job of that so yeah they they didn't at all that's kind of disappointing they're a year removed from beating the snot out of the bruins yeah. in the playoffs and they're just like no we're gonna can extend the old old folks here yeah it's weird. <laughs> any any parting deadline thoughts bruins thoughts thoughts in general 
Um, not really. I the Lindholm thing. I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to know a ton about Lindholm, so I'm interested to to watch him. Like it's just West Coast. Like you can look at right. the numbers and stuff like that, and and try to formulate formulate an opinion. Um, I know there's I a lot of people kind of question the the extension. I thought the extension was fine. Yeah, me too. Numbers wise, and if you look at you know with escrow and revenue. If the escrow gets paid down within the next three or four seasons or whatever it is, Daily Faceoff did a good breakout of this. Like the the cap is gonna jump, right? And with the new TV deals and things like that, it's gonna go way up. And so, like, maybe it's a little bit too long of a, a deadline or a, an extension for somebody his age. But if you look at it at the end of that deadline, as long as he's not completely or end of that uh, contract, as long as he's not completely useless, like he's gonna be taking up a much smaller fraction of the cap. Um, and I think it'll it makes sense, and you know, you just gotta hope that he finds chemistry with McAvoy, and if that's yeah. the case, like, like I said, you've got your top pair, and I again, whether that puts them over the top this year, not sure, but I do think that they got better. <laughs> they they got better in one area for next year right. moving forward. So right. I think it's gonna be a work in progress. There's some yes. stuff coming down the pike here where it's like. Especially if Bergeron decides he's done, you've got a yeah gaping hole down the middle. Got a lot more problems than yeah. than you started with, and I think with the extension, I think Bruins fans might be a little apprehensive just because of other extensions that maybe haven't worked out in the past. But I think he's a solid blue liner. I mean, same thing. I'm not watching Ducks games as a, as a regular thing, but I think that he seems excited to be here. The Ducks offered yeah. him more money, and he said yeah. no thanks. So he he wants to be here. He wants to win, which is. I mean, right now, all you can ask for until we see him on the ice, then we're going to want the, the physicality and the be there. Like, don't like Golden. Don't be standing yeah. around in front of the net. And There's also, like, nothing to the center thing and the forward thing. There's nothing that they could have done yesterday that would have addressed those right. long-term issues either. At right. least I don't think so. Like, especially if uh, Vancouver decided it wasn't going to sell. Like, maybe there's, a, you know, a move that you can make there. Right. But, yeah, so they've got to figure that out. I mean, good luck. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be a team to watch this offseason. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll end it there. Uh, next week, we'll we'll recap, hopefully, what's going to be a good next few games for the Bruins and see how they fared against Tampa. But until then, that's Mike. I'm Lauren. We'll see you next week.